Welcome to my vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content's made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, fools. It's definitely research. Welcome to the vagina. I like that little jingle. Thank you. I know. It just came to me. <laughs> nice to have something special keep it fresh that's right um hey rebecca how you doing what's going on how's how's your life oh you know it's uh it's all right been inside a lot i don't know if i should apologize in advance for an overshare never but i'm going to our show is called welcome to my vagina i know it's all an overshare i mean (laughs) i so i have my period currently which is like I know we've talked about this before, but I really feel as though periods, unless you want to get pregnant, periods should just pause. If the state is on pause, my reproductive organs should also be on yeah, pause. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, that being said, I feel like as an adult, like there's still like a lot of really weird things that happen when I have my yeah. period. So yesterday I pulled my, my period was super, super heavy and I pulled my tampon out and like went to grab a toilet paper to like wrap mm-hmm. it in because you can't flush down the toilet because you'll clog up the drains people like a big glob fell on my leg Uh uh-huh and i had my hair down and i was holding the tampon and i was wearing a dress oh girl so there i am trying to hold my hair out of the way so it doesn't get in the glob holding my dress up so it doesn't get in the glob and trying not to drop the tampon on the floor all while trying to reach out for toilet paper it was (laughs) such a fucking fiasco i somehow managed to do it i don't know how (laughs) but it was like (sighs) It was it was dire. I was just in the bathroom like, why is this still happening? Oh, my God. Why do I still not have a handle on this? Right. <laughs> How do I still not <laughs> fucking get it? You know, I don't think we ever will. I know. And also, it's not always fair because, like, sometimes, like, I got a sneak attack the other day. I don't bleed through that much. I mean, I, I it happens, obviously. But, like, the other day, I put my diva cup in and within... Like I went to, I'm, I'm watching dogs. And so what doing the pass off, I like sat down for a second and it was only an hour and a half into me have putting my diva cup in. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And she's like, what? And I was like, I just bled through my fucking jumper. Oh no. It's crazy. Like sometimes, cause you have like timing in mind and sometimes like, what the hell? Like I literally just put this yeah. in like an hour and a half ago and now everything's fucking crazy. Yeah. And I rented that fucking jumper now i have to send it back oh no it was like a splurge too like it wasn't like a drip drip you know from my diva cup it was like (laughs) 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 so what are we talking about today rebecca uh so today we are going to play an interview that we recorded before the lockdown Mm -hmm. with annie who reached out to us via email um to tell us her story of being sexually assaulted uh, and like the aftermath and considering how common like sexual assault and sexual violence is, it's so frustrating that people have these experiences and aren't able to have their stories heard Yeah, and how important it is to share as part of the processing Mm -hmm. um, and in order to get justice and all that kind of stuff. So we're hopeful that carrying this story will uh, let other people know that they're not alone yeah. Um, and give Annie a little bit of solace. Maybe. Yeah. And we're very humbled and honored that she chose us to 
to and to use this platform and that she felt that this was a safe space because there are so many places that aren't and so many places that should be. Yeah. So trigger warning <laughs> yeah. for anybody who is at this time doesn't feel comfortable listening to this content or um, who just doesn't is, isn't ready or whatever. Yeah. Feel free to skip over if it will trigger you in, in some way. Yeah. So. Feel free to skip to the last five minutes when we talk about whether you're an asshole or not. Yeah, right? not you. Not 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 you specifically, <laughs> but uh, you know, am, am I the asshole? Am I the asshole? <laughs> and it's right hilarious. now, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we're super happy to have you on, and we were very um, honored. That you trusted us with your story. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable telling us the story about what what you told us? If you don't, that's okay. Anything you're not comfortable with, please, that is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I can. I don't want to go. I I hate talking about the details of this because sure, it was just such a. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it is a very difficult thing to go through. Mm -hmm. But um, I am comfortable sharing the amount of detail that I emailed to y'all. And certainly, this is like all in the effort of. Um, if you at any point like feel like uncomfortable or anything, just please let us know because the last thing we want to do is, you know, make you uncomfortable or a neg like a negative impact in your process in any way. So just, you know, yeah, whatever, feel free to yeah. whatever you feel best with. We think that, um, as, as you also said in your email, getting these conversations and stories out there is super important and how, you know, our society and people react to them, um, is important and I think the more that these stories go out the more people can come forward and the more we realize how deeply ingrained it is mm -hmm. yeah you know. I I 100% agree um so going into my senior year at UC Davis uh so this was like two weeks I think before classes started and I was really excited because I was back in town and I had like a new apartment and I was uh just stoked to be back because I really liked living in Davis mm-hmm and so I went out with my friends to get some drinks and I ended up getting my wallet and my phone stolen. So then I, uh, I went outside of the bar that I was at and I, I think I was sitting on the sidewalk or on a bench, I can't remember, but I was crying and the, this group of people came up to me. Um, it was a woman and three men and they asked me what was wrong and I told them that uh, my phone was stolen and my wallet was stolen. And I was just crying, 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 like a broken record. Like they stole my wallet, they stole my phone. Um, and then they calmed me down and they told me that they were going to take me home. So, I mean, at that point, I was just, I was drunk. I was exhausted. I was crying. Like I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't want to walk home in the dark by myself. Mm -hmm. So I got in the car and they took me home. <sighs> and I remember laying in my bed and uh, the woman that was with us, uh, she was trying to comfort me. She was telling me it was okay because I was still saying, like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Like, I don't have any of my stuff. Um, and then I remember just blinking and I, I opened my eyes and one of the guys was in there laying next to me in her place. Oh my God. And, I, I mean, I was really intoxicated during yeah. all of this, so all of it was like kind of patchy. Like I don't remember the car ride over yeah. to my house mm -hmm. and I don't remember how we even got in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was not in a good place 
Right. We've and all I just there. remember I blocked out and he was kissing me and then he raped me. And the whole time, like, I don't know, like my brain, it was really weird. It was like I was outside of my body kind of watching it happen, right. not really understanding what was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our brains have yeah. a pretty incredible way of trying to protect us and insulate us from traumatic events, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I ended up calling a friend on Facebook and she told me, cause I had my laptop that hadn't been stolen. Thank God. <laughs> um, so I got in touch with my friend and she told me that I was raped and that I needed to contact the police. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, like, no way, like I can't be like part of this statistic yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, my brain, at this point, my brain was still spinning and I was by myself in my apartment and, I was kind of panicking, to be honest, because I didn't know what to do with what happened to me. And your brain wants to tell you that it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a friend that was in town come over, and she ended up calling the police for me. And they came over, and they they did the whole shebang. It was seriously like being in a law and order special victims unit episode. Oh, my God. Um, Not to make it... Like, it was not a joke at all. It was terrifying no, right. to have all these, like, big police stomping all over my house. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so they dusted for fingerprints and prints, and they uh, they took my bedding, and they took my clothes, and there was a victim's advocate there from the university, and she ended up taking me to get a rape kit uh, mm-hmm. at a hospital in Sacramento, California. Um, and then I spent, like, five hours at the hospital getting a rape kit, which was truly terrible. Yeah. And it frustrates me that so many people, like, second-guess survivors of sexual assault, like, why didn't you get a rape kit? And I have, you know, personal experience. This is why people don't do this, because it's awful. It takes forever. Yeah. You're naked. They're, like, probing and prodding your whole entire body. Yeah. And then, like, how many have actually been tested? Like right. they take the rape kits and then where do they go? Exactly. Yeah. So that's actually a great transition. <laughs> so I, yeah, so I started working with the Davis police department and in my head, I thought I had a really solid case because I did the rape kit right away. Mm-hmm. And I uh, immediately, we started identifying witnesses because there is a traffic camera. So they identified the driver. And then from him, we were able, able to identify everybody in the group. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for me, it seemed like it was going really great, but we just wanted to have um, a confession from the perpetrator. So the police, the detective uh, took my cell phone for half a day and he tried to bait uh, the perpetrator by saying that I was late for my period so that he would admit that something had happened. Right. Mm-hmm. He didn't answer and the detective gave me back my cell phone. And then, of course, as soon as I get my cell phone back, it starts blowing up with this guy like asking me what's going on and calling me and I'm at work yeah. and I just turned off my phone because I freaked out right? Yeah. and didn't know what to do. So I went home and I didn't realize this. I kind of put this together in my head after everything happened, but I'm pretty sure that the guy was waiting at my house because uh, I got into my house. Yeah. And I locked the door and then immediately he knocked on the door and started banging on all the windows and <sighs> I was terrified so I went in my closet and I called a friend like an idiot instead of 911. <laughs> oh my God. Not, that's not like an idiot. No, that's not at like, all. It's, that is a circumstance that we're not equipped to under, to know how to respond to. Yeah. You, you do what makes you feel the safest. 
yeah, so I was in the closet and he's like, what are you doing? Hang up the phone, call 911. Oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> and I felt like I was in a horror movie. I mean, I said that in the email. It was, it was just so surreal to be in my closet and shaking and this guy walking around the perimeter of my apartment, banging on the windows and saying, I know you're in there. Oh my it was God. horrible. <gasps> and it's like, he clearly knows that he did something wrong. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. That, like yeah. how guilty does that look? You right. know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I called 911 and they stayed on the phone with me the whole time and they ended up arresting him. But then he got bailed out uh, like less than 24 uh, hours later and lawyered up because at that point he knew that something was going on. Right. How does that even happen? Like, how does he get away with that after like also coming to your house and pretty much proving his guilt? I Stalking don't... you, really? Yeah. <gasps> uh. I know. Like a- Afterwards? I thought it was really good. I'm like, okay, this is this is perfect. Like, this is basically him admitting that he he raped me, or at the very least, had sexual intercourse with me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I guess because he didn't message and specifically admit to it, it didn't matter, which was also really frustrating. What did he have to say? Like, he had to say the words that I. Did I guess this? like he had to just admit to like having sex. Like wow. over a voicemail or over a text message. Even though you went through a rape kit and they clearly had the, the evidence that you had had intercourse with somebody, like yeah. whether or not they were able yeah. to say whether or not it was consensual, it happened. Right. Yeah. So the thing is, I didn't actually find out what happened with my rape kit until uh, like 2018. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, so this happened in 20, I was raped in 2014, so they opened wow. up the case, and then they ended up just shutting it down, and I didn't really know why, but I later found out it's because they never even put in the police report that they had done a rape kit, and they hadn't. They didn't even run the rape kit until a year later when the DA found out that they had done nothing with it. What the wow. fuck? Why? Holy shit. I know, it's just. It's so so fucked up on so many levels. So fucked up, and it is so, so fucking unjust. You know, like that's like you're traumatized by the incident, you're traumatized by the rape kit, and then you're re-traumatized by the fact that people weren't taking your complaint seriously. Yeah, you know, it's like the the fucking criminal justice system is just not willing to be equipped to handle these scenarios, which is why they keep fucking happening. So they reopened your case again. Yeah. So they reopened it uh, in early 2018 because a detective, a different detective reopened my case and he looked at it and he's like, what the hell? I mean, this is kind of how he described it to me. He's like, I think they could have done better for you. So I want to look into this. So he kind of started the whole case from scratch. But then the DA found out that evidence was destroyed so the clothing and the bedding that they took from me that night Mm -hmm. they never did anything with it and they contacted me three months after my case was closed to ask if they could dispose of the evidence and i said yes because i didn't want any of that stuff back right right but you thought that they had tested it never processed it they didn't do anything with all that stuff because it's their job wow wow Uh... so destroyed evidence like a delayed rape kit and then also, one of the witnesses died in a motor vehicle accident, and 
basically the DA just told me this isn't going to hold up in front of a jury. They're just going to tear you apart. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so one of the people that was in the car ended up dying in a motor vehicle accident? I think so. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's just like nothing. None of this was your fault at any stage anywhere in this story, in the aftermath. Not not a single fucking thing. And it has all come down on you. Like, I know. And, I'm, and the thing that makes me so angry, too, is that I feel like I did everything right. Like I got the rape did. kit. I didn't shower. I fucking went through all of it. I like identified perpetrators and baited the fucking perp like. It makes me so mad that I went through all that and then they reopened the case and then I went through it again and then they fucked up too hard for it to go further. Yeah. And meanwhile, like society and the criminal justice system doesn't understand why people don't go through the process Mm -hmm. because we can't trust the process. And the process is so traumatizing in its own right. Yeah. I am so sorry. Yeah. I'm giving you a hug I am from too. Here. <laughs> I'm trying to find productive ways to use all of this anger. Yeah. Yeah. You had said in the email that you wanted to post pictures of this man uh, around the university and you were actually told that you could get expelled because of that. Yes. So so I did a university hearing because mm-hmm. the university does a separate investigation through Title IX. Was mm-hmm. he a student at the university? Yes. We were both students. So okay. for an entire year, I had to be on the same campus as him. Blah. And did he? It was so messed up. I had all my boy, all my man friends escorting me from class to class. Oh, it wow. was just so it was awful. I couldn't be anywhere on campus by myself. Yeah, because you were petrified. I mean, I would have been. And so, the, what did the university? How did they react? So the university didn't do. They did a hearing, a formal hearing, where they called like uh, the witnesses that they could identify through their own personal investigation, and they uh, they. It was basically just like a little mock trial mm-hmm. where it was me and my representative and my advocate through the university. Mm-hmm. And then it was the perpetrator was his scumbag defense lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem fair because to me, it seemed like a really straightforward thing. A student was assaulted. Yeah. Um, maybe you should suspend this dude for a year while she wraps up her degree. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And what was the result? Nothing happened to him at the campus level either? Nothing happened. Nothing happened to him. We, he got a restraining order. Um, What's so that he's going to be do? around me on campus. Uh, that was it. They didn't do anything else. Holy shit. And like what you what you just said too, what you asked for is like the least amount of punishment he deserved is like just allowing you to have a year to like finish your degree in in like some semblance of safety. Safety. You know, like yeah. that man needs to be in jail. <laughs> yeah, I just like don't understand yeah. how you were even like able to to complete your degree. Like, I mean, it's or how they would expect someone to be able to under those circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it's horrendous. It was. It was really awful. And honestly, I did the worst that year than I did the whole my whole bachelor's degree because I was mm-hmm. so anxious all the time. Yeah. Has getting away from campus helped with um, anxiety levels and like feelings of of like safety and stuff like that? Uh, yes, definitely. Getting out of Davis was such an amazing decision for my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, honestly, I still feel anxious. Anytime I'm on a college campus and it's passing period, I feel anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just because of like the large movement of people and just the feeling that the institution isn't 
doesn't have your interests at heart. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, after the university did nothing, I got really pissed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my girlfriend and I went to a local copier uh, and we printed like 500 flyers of the guy's face and we wrote on it, this man raped me and UC Davis did nothing. Wow. And <laughs> we were going to post them all over the place. But then uh, the night before, I had a friend that was a lawyer studying at, at UC Davis Law School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said that that would be considered retaliation and I could get expelled. And I don't know. I just, I was really, really mad. But at the same time, I didn't want to give up another part of my life to these people. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's the predicament that we that, that women get put in all the fucking time. Is like, do I finish my degree or do I call out my rapist, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, the way that these things are kind of, like, understood on a societal level and as reflected by the university and the criminal justice system is everyone's always saying that, you know, when it comes to sexual assault and rape, there's uh, there's no black and white, that there are all of these gray areas. And so then they disallow you from taking your own kind of form of justice because mm-hmm. within their eyes, that is a black and white issue. You know, they can easily say this is right and wrong, but people refuse to set to weigh in on on cases of rape and sexual assault. And it's like pretty clear that like if someone says no or is is too intoxicated to consent then that is rape period that's how i feel yeah you're right yes if somebody is drunk and crying you don't have sex with them yeah you are 100 percent correct <laughs> you are 100 percent. i feel like that should be standard yeah <laughs> i just don't understand i also really like don't understand how putting up a piece of paper is somehow more like of a justice issue than mm-hmm. somebody raping you. Yeah, like how that would be more egregious than mm-hmm. what you endured. I can't even imagine how that how you must feel. You know, feeling like you've exhausted all your possibilities and you've turned to all of these different places um, and no one has done the work for you. I mean, pe- some people tried, but, you know, ultimately no one... When it mattered, there weren't, like, the right people just weren't doing the right things. Thank you so much for telling us your story. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so sorry that happened I, to you. I'm sorry, too. And and this is the only way I could think of to make this stop. Because, obviously, I'm not going to get justice through our justice system. Right. Obviously, it's flawed. And that a lot of these cases get kind of swept under the table. And people don't take them seriously. Yeah. And I want people to know this isn't right. And we need to do something. This isn't right, and it happens all the time, which is a really scary fucking thing to say. This is, like, not a... It's not an isolated incident. Yeah. and I mean, Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing is, like, God, to think, to think that there are, you know, so many people in situations similar to yours, and like you're saying, that you want people to understand that this happens, that, like, this is stuff that we carry with mm-hmm. us, and to think that these common experiences are being kept separate, which, mm-hmm. which, you know, not allowing the crit- it to reach critical mass, like not allowing people to, to see what this looks like, like how many people this is mm-hmm. to force change because everything is treated as like an isolated incident. It's not, it exists within a society mm-hmm. and is yeah. sheltered from, we don't deal with it. 
I'm like, sorry, I'm like grasping for words here. It's just like, I mean, I think, I think this is important. I think you're right. I think like doing things like this and like having our voices be heard is the thing that we can control and the thing that we can do. And, and we can, you know, hopefully what we've been doing as a society, like women and people beyond the binary have been trying to support every person that we can to like have these things sorry wow words um (laughs) to just to have our voices be heard and so I I I really thank you so much it's brave to tell your story and and it's it's brave to put yourself out there and I really appreciate it and and respect you for it thank you so much for listening I mean that means so much to me because I feel during this whole entire process that nobody is listening to me and I think this is great and y'all are amazing, and you're definitely feminist heroes. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm like crying. <laughs> also, I I just I like kind of on behalf of our listeners, I also want to thank you for this because we, I am absolutely would bet my entire life on the fact that we have quite a few listeners who have had similar experiences to yours, and I'm sure that um, it will be very. I mean, obviously upsetting because no one wants to make that circle wider in terms of having more people have this experience. But I'm sure it you're going to touch a lot of people with this. And I and, you know, thank you for thank you for that. And if we get any feedback from anybody in regards to this, we'll for sure send it your way just so that you know that people, you know, are are listening, supporting you and listening to you and all that. And if there's like anything that yeah. you can think of that we can do also in other, in any other way to support you, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are so sweet. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for having me. Of course. Of course. Have and a great day. Bye. Bye. If anyone listening has been raped or assaulted and needs help, please call the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline at 800 800- 656-HOPE. That's 1-800-656-4673. By calling this number, you will be routed to a local RAIN-affiliated organization based off the first six digits of your phone number. Cell phone users have the option to enter their zip code so they can be connected with a local sexual assault service provider. So we thought that since that um, the interview, it's good to it's good to have a moment of levity yes. after after something super intense. So we thought that we would bring to you a couple of highlights from Am I the Asshole, which is an account on Twitter that you all should follow. So their pinned tweet just just goes to show you how fucking awesome this is. <laughs> Am I the asshole for putting my penis in peanut butter and then leaving it in the kitchen? Yes. I I have questions though. Does he leave the peanut butter in the kitchen or his penis? Probably oh, the peanut butter. Probably the peanut butter. I think the penis would be a different story. That's a, yeah, that's a, wow. <laughs> yeah. I I don't have any questions. The answer is yes, you're an asshole. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. So this is so funny. Um, uh, my girlfriend and I like to get a bit frisky in the bedroom. And a few nights ago, I dipped my penis in peanut butter and she licked it off. Yes, I understand that it is slightly bizarre, but that's how we roll. The controversy is that since we have a mouse problem, I did not want to leave the peanut butter in my bedroom. So afterwards, I closed it and returned it to my kitchen cupboard. No! Cupboard. Note that it had a huge peanut butter dilemma label on it. So it was clear that it belonged to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, one of my roommates tells me yesterday, oh, by the way, I had some of your peanut butter. No! Ah! No! No! No, dude. Oh my god. No, you never do that. Oh my god. Why just throw it out? Like, why does he even want it? Because he's a college kid. He's probably broke. I bet you he was either going to continue to dip his his penis in that peanut butter or else he was just going to shave off the top and eat the rest of it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, I guess. Like, if you're gonna keep using it for your like your dick peanut butter, I guess I get it. Yeah, but like, but like, maybe like also put a label on it, like don't use uh, penis peanut this butter. Is, no, penis butter. <laughs> this is my penis butter. Penis butter. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like, why would you dip your penis in it? Why wouldn't you just take a spoon or a spatula and apply the peanut butter to your penis? Well, it just wait, feels more. What, what was he fucking the jar? I thought he was fucking his girlfriend. Oh. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah why like wouldn't you just gonna, take it out? Yeah, like, I don't know why you wouldn't use a spatula or, like, even your fingers. Because, like, you could use fingers in foreplay, too. Like, maybe well, you, like, use the peanut butter and rub it on your penis with your fingers, and then she can lick the peanut butter off your fingers and also your dick. To your point, uh, he's a college student. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Am I an asshole for throwing away my wife's skincare things? Oh, Oh, he was surprised that you could spend this much on skincare when it's only natural for people to age. Oh, my God. I fucking hate this guy. Okay, so what happens? I decided to call her out on it when she got home and she said it has become a habit and she enjoys doing it. I told her that it is a marketing scam to get her to buy products she does not need. She was upset and said she will tone it down for me, but I wanted her to completely stop because ever since the gathering... She has made me conscious about myself, too. Oh, did I, like, miss something? Oh, because it says a lot of people... Oh, especially our friends compliments her a lot because she literally has baby skin. Maybe that's because she uses nice skincare products. Dude, what a dick. Yeah. This feels like a bunch of insecurity to me on his part. Yeah. Well, also, look at this. I didn't want to look younger because, like I said, it's natural for people to age because apparently she said he could, like, use her stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think she should accept this concept. Uh, and so I threw away all of the $500 that she spent <gasps> on stuff to emphasize that I was not pleased that, with what she was doing and that she refuses to accept what I'm trying to teach her. Ew, you controlling piece of shit. Yeah. Ew, ew, I fucking hate this. He's also treating it like it's dangerous to her. Like she's like got like a fucking, you know, like as if she's got a lung problem and she smokes cigarettes all the time or something. Like, yeah, she's using skincare products, you piece of shit. It's such trash. So in the comments, there's always like all of these different, all these different like response so they can like respond back. Yeah. Uh, And did she quote she, this? Did he actually say this? I married a woman who's 10 years younger than me, and it bugs me that I look older by comparison. She doesn't fully respect my... Sup- oh, no, this is a joke. She yeah, doesn't, this is someone making... She doesn't her, fully respect her. my superiority in all things, so I raged at her, but I'll dress it up as being educational. Am I the asshole? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. So then he, he like, responded at some point, because, like, you can respond to people's comments underneath it on Reddit, and he said, yeah. I'm older than her, so I know better. I didn't mean to harm <gasps> towards her, and discussing this with her would be pointless, because over the years, I saw her fe- invested so much, and it would not matter if I talked to her about it. Throwing it away was a one-time thing, because I wanted to teach her a lesson. Girl, get out now. Get out yeah. now. Oh, my exactly. God. I hope she left. There's so many things wrong with this that I cannot, I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I Am I the asshole is the best? I know. I know it's the best, though. I love it Ugh. so much. 
Because, like, honestly, I needed to educate her. Dude, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. I just feel like, for the most part, it's dudes doing fucked up shit, and ultimately, they're the asshole. <laughs> yup. I prefer the peanut butter one. The peanut yes, butter the one peanut is just butter. a hygiene issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, like, I mean, given our current, like, thing, I feel like it's, like, even more crazy because like now it's like when I watch TV and I see people hugging I'm like don't get that close you know (laughs) so it's like so it's like it takes on like an added level yeah I mean (laughs) at the end of the day like right now can you put your penis in peanut butter and then put it back in the cabinet if you live with other people the answer is no (laughs) no no unless you have your own cabinet can you imagine contracting COVID because your roommate put his penis in peanut butter. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. <laughs> Imagine if the contact tracer came to your door. Dude. Dude. <laughs> oh my and they god. Have to do like a whole contact trace thing figuring out how you got covid and the answer is I ate my roommate's penis butter by accident. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. On Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. Soon to be on Medium. You can donate to us at Patreon, LiberaPay, PayPal, and uh, Venmo at Welcome to My Vagina. Yeah, become a monthly subscriber. Yeah, yeah, go to WelcomeToMyVagina.com and become a subscriber to our newsletter as mm-hmm. well. You can email us at welcometomyvagina at gmail.com. We like questions and fan art and jingles. And suggestions for future episodes. True. Check out Jesse's awesome videos at on YouTube. Just search for Welcome to My Vagina. Check out Rebecca's awesome writing at franklyrebecca.com. And head on over to morebanana.com to check out all of the awesome projects by our production company. Yeah. And thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate, for being our amazing, dope-ass fucking producer. (laughs) Cool.